Father Yahweh, we come before you on your Sabbath day, thanking you so much for another beautiful week as we draw closer to your Passover and, of course, your feasts. We just, we're all so eager and excited, Father. We pray that you'd keep us behind your hedge of protection. And on the Sabbath day, we pray that it's a sweet incense to you and that what is said here is edifying to the body and glorifies you. And we thank you for everything in Yahshua's name. Hallelujah. So the title of my talk today is Defining Definition, and I, that wasn't my first choice for a name, but I couldn't make the thumbnail work with my other name, so I had to switch it around. And so what I want to talk, today, talk about today is um, the words that we use every day, the words we hear every day that are pumped into our heads from you know, the radio, television, uh, and all of these things. And most words that they use they've kind of been tampered with. The meanings of these words have been tampered with. Things, and I'll cover all of those. Um, the words we use are important. They are how we communicate with each other, and it's how the Father in Heaven communicates with us. Whether it's through um, His Word or speaking through someone, uh, words and language can either help or hinder, build up, tear down, confess love or hatred, mend or tear apart. And Scripture gives a lot of insight on this. Uh, Yahweh puts a lot of emphasis on word and the power of it and the way we are to communicate with one another. Um, Turn with me over to Proverbs chapter 12. And I'm going to be jumping around this proverb a little bit just for the sake of time. Otherwise, I'd read the whole thing, but I don't want to take all of Ryan's time either. So... um, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 6. Um, the words of the wicked are to lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. And then over in uh, verse 13 of the same chapter, the wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. And then down in verse 17, he that speaketh truth shows forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. And then down in uh, verse 18, one more. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. And then we have another one over in uh, verse 19. The lip of the truth shall be established forever, but the lying tongue is but for a moment. And one more in verse 22. Lying lips are an abomination to Yahweh, but they that deal truly are his delight. And again, over in verse 6. It talks about the words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. And you can go through, honestly, this whole chapter is really good, but those were the ones that really jumped out at me. And all of this, we find out that lying lips are an abomination. Lips of truth shall be established forever. And the wicked are snared by their, um, by their lies that they tell, by their transgression of their lips. When we lie, it only becomes harder to tell the truth. The more you lie, the more you have to lie to continue the lie. And... As we know, that always backfires, backfires in a big way. And we gather all this from not even a whole proverb. All this is leading to my point. The definitions of the very words Yahweh communicated to the forefathers and to the apostles and through the Messiah are all being twisted and watered down, especially today. They were dealing with it back then as well, as stated by Jude, but I mean, it's in full swing today. As is the case with nearly everything in our lives, Satan uses words to influence and deceive. And we'll cover several examples of words that have been ripped from their original meaning. 
And why have we seen such deviation from the meanings of these words? Well, if Satan can wrench us from the Father using the very words that were written for our salvation, he can conquer many with practically no resistance. Which is what we see today, honestly. We were talking about it in the Bible study. You know, you have people that use, they'll use the scripture that they claim to love and, and know and, have it, and they'll try to say things with scripture that aren't being said. Often, the same people who love the Father, they, uh, who supposedly love the Father, they say they love the Father and they follow his son, stand up and fight for the very thing him and his son warn against. And that leads me to our first word. It's a big one. We hear a lot today. Tolerance. Tolerance is not accepting that this person is just born this way or they can't help it. Tolerance is knowing that your brother or sister is going to fall short, but always encouraging, forgiving, and helping them to stay on the right path. However, there is a limit, as it says there on the slide. Revelation 2.2 makes it clear that we cannot tolerate someone who is evil and has proven to be a false apostle or somebody that you know, claims to be furthering the kingdom of Yahweh when it's proven that they're not. The next on my list is love. Well, let me go back to tolerance for a second. Tolerance today, we're told time and time again that we are to be tolerant of others, tolerant of their beliefs, and that's true to a point. It is true to a point. We are to tolerate those that we know are seeking Yahweh, that are truly trying to live a good life and live according to Yahweh. And we are to have tolerance to an extent. I mean, if we didn't, people like even King David wouldn't have made it, or Solomon, or anybody, any of the patriarchs, because they were all flawed men. And that, again, that leads on to love. And love is another one that is a uh, big one today. And as we all know, in the state of things in this country, and honestly all over the world, love is a physical expression. That's all it is anymore. It's not about, it's simply a chemical reaction in your brain that causes you to do silly or crazy things. And it's a physical expression of love between things that honestly, again, Yahweh calls an abomination in a lot of ways. And as I have written here, love is not always that soft, fuzzy feeling you get when you look at your spouse or children. Oftentimes, love is a rod of correction. This Proverbs 13, 24 states, we can turn over there if you want, should be just one page over from the last thing we looked at there. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chastens him betimes. And so a lot of times, love is not always this, you know, a soft, fuzzy feeling you get. I mean, that is love, but love is also correcting somebody, pulling them away from whatever it is that they're, that they're doing that might not be right. Love is correction. Love is knowing that oftentimes you are the one thing between a person you care for deeply and a life of sin. Love is knowing that sometimes you have to put your foot down and direct those around you to the righteous path. 1 Corinthians 13.6 states that, re that love rejoices not in iniquity, but it rejoices in truth. And so if you've got somebody around you that is in iniquity, Yahweh is making it clear here that you can love them, but if you really love them, you will correct that error. And that is something that's just, it's just not heard of today. You don't, if you love somebody, you accept them for everything they are, no matter what it is. No matter how twisted, no matter how backwards, and no matter how evil, honestly, it is. Love doesn't mean accepting or ignoring sin simply because you care for somebody. 
Yahweh loves us, and he could not simply ignore the sin we all struggle with. We must love as Yahweh loves, which is righteously. He loves righteous people. He loves a righteous group. His son was righteous. And that leads me to the next word on our list. Judgment. Now, this is a dicey one. Not a lot of people, this is one that they really don't like. If you, especially if you're talking to them about love and tolerance, they'll take any sort of discrepancy against their worldview or political view or religious view, whatever, as you're judging me. And that's a no-no. But um, they'll say things like, only G.O.D. can judge me. And that's just simply not scriptural. That's not true. And... Yahweh delegates authority quite often. After all, there's an entire book of scripture named after the act. It's called Judges. And a lot of times, it's funny that it's the, uh, it's the religious side of people a lot of times. that Well, you can't judge me because only he can judge me. And if you judge me, you know, it's all bad. But they'll ignore an entire book of the Bible called Judges. Men and women were judges. And they, were, they did a lot worse than just tell somebody they're wrong, too. Judgment is not wrong. However, it can be done wrongly and in unrighteousness. For example, if a man is caught breaking into a house and is judged as a thief, this is not only right, but commanded. After all, there's one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal, right? However, if that thief was simply is starving and is stealing to feed himself, we are not to despise him. But when he is found, he must repay sevenfold and give all the substance of his house. That's Proverbs six thirty through 31. As you can see, the act of judgment and governing righteously falls on us. That's our responsibility. Yahweh only commands that we do so meekly, humbly, gently, and according to his word. There is a right way to judge people. Because you have to have judgment to keep sin out from among you. You have to be able to delegate authority to people and be able to discern. The the spirit of discernment, that's a gift from Yahweh to be able to discern right from wrong, good from evil. And if you have somebody that wanders in among you that's a a bad egg, you need to have people among you that can make that judgment call and then take care of business when it comes down to it to protect the flock. It's the whole point of the shepherds when they had their sheep. The next word on this list is hate. This one's huge these days. If you have any sort of disagreement political, religious, just the smallest infraction against somebody else. Obviously, you must hate them. You hate them. It's a hate crime. If, if you do something against somebody else and they have a different political leaning or whatever the case may be, if there's any sort of infraction made these days, it's a hate crime. In the UK, I mean, they're making it to where you can't even say something anymore. Simply posting something on social media will get you landed in prison for hate crime. Whether it's even in in jest or joking, and you know, there's limits to jesting as well. But it's getting to the point now to where simply thinking a certain way labels you guilty. And it's and it's coming because people take something like hate and they take it um, completely out of context. As stated on the slide, hate is not always bad. Hate is what Yahweh feels towards sin. Scripture paints a very different picture of hate than the world does. As stated earlier, the offender, someone that is in sin, repents, you know, we forgive them. So hate ends at that point. You stop hating the sin once the sin has been repented of. Now, 
those who perpetuate sin are not better off by any means. You know, you have those that um, commit the sin, and you have those that let the sin happen. And Luke makes it very clear in chapter 17. You can turn over there with me. Luke chapter 17 states, verses 1 through 3, And then he said unto his disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come, but woe unto them, to him whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged around about his neck and cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. And take heed to yourselves that if thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And then a lot of people take this, they stop it right there. However, if you read on, and if he repent, forgive him. And all this plays into the, th- to the, uh, the idea that the world has, especially looking at us, they'll look at us that you know we have somebody that's here and they do something wrong. And maybe they're asked to leave. And all of a sudden, they, well, they all must hate that person. They all must be these cuckoo people that hate, they hate everybody. They're very judgmental. They're very bigoted, you know, or you know, whatever the words may be. But as Scripture makes it very clear that if that person repents and comes back to Yahweh, comes back to the walk, back to the path, that we are to forgive them. And a lot of times, believe me, working for the ministry and the social media side, people see things like, consequences for sin and they're like these people are nuts they think that they think that we're like these militant um this militant crowd and it's simply not true and uh yahweh explains hate and explains what he hates in proverbs 6 you guys can turn over there as well i'm trying to get into the habit of uh turning to where i need to go instead of slapping it all on the slide I feel like sometimes it makes me lazy. So Proverbs 6, and the RSB has a very good chart. Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19. These six things that Yahweh hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. So these things, he, he hates these things. And we are to be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. And if we are to emulate Yahweh in what we do and how we live our lives, these should all be things that are as equally disgusting to us as they are to him. And we should do our best to make sure that is not among us. To hate sin is a fine thing. I mean, it's, that's the whole... Getting rid of sin is the whole mission. That's the entire mission. That's our goal in salvation, is to rid ourselves of sin. As uh, Brother Bannock spoke, I, he's not here, I don't think, unless he's hiding around somewhere. As he said in his latest message, sin is to be our mortal enemy. Like, that should be our goal. It's not just ridding ourselves from sin, but ridding sin from other people as well. And that's a tough thing to do. It's hard to go to somebody that you care for deeply and, and chastise them and even rebuke them. That's, that's a big one. Rebuking somebody is, that's a big deal. And we honestly, we just, we get soft. We get soft. We, we accept sin too often. I'm guilty of it. And last on our list... Not quite done, but last on our list is taking a different turn, kind of a less negative, is righteousness. The idea of righteousness 
to be honest, is almost completely foreign in today's world. I mean, when's the last time you heard anybody anywhere on any sort of medium talk about somebody being righteous? And it doesn't happen. A man performing the duties laid out for him in Scripture is seen as archaic and oftentimes even sexist because the, the idea of a man being the head of the woman is just, whew, that's a no-no. You say that anywhere but here, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> but I'm on the Internet now, so there's that. <laughs> and if there's a righteous deed to be done, oftentimes they won't do it unless there's a camera there to watch them. And this is well-documented online. You can type in people, people helping people, and it's encouraging to see. It's encouraging to see, oh, well, this guy, you know, he, he went and cashed his check and gave all of his money to a homeless guy. But the entire thing is caught on camera. The entire thing is, it's a good deed, but it's done for the wrong reasons. And I've seen this time and time again, people posting on Facebook, and they're just, oh, we need more people like this. We need more people like that that will do things without a camera being in their face. And because it's contrary to Scripture. It's contrary to Scripture. Matthew 6, chapter 6, verses 3 through 4 says... But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what the right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. And so oftentimes you see these people, they'll be strutting around, and they're just like, they're just, all they just want to help. That's all they want to do. And I'm not condemning the act of helping somebody. But they have received their reward in full. That's it. What they get from doing the, that act the adoration of the public, whatever it is, that's it. They have received their reward in full. All this being said, there's a clear definition of righteousness that we are to follow in Scripture, and Yahweh makes it crystal clear what that righteousness is. Over in Proverbs, I'm using Proverbs a lot today. Proverbs chapter 15, verses, verse 9. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto Yahweh. Now, what is an abomination to Yahweh? We just got done reading it. The seven things that are an abomination to him, right? But he that loveth him, but he loveth him that follow after righteousness. Now, if an abomination to Yahweh is the thing, the sin that he hates, righteousness must be the opposite, right? Yahweh wouldn't love something that's not righteous. Psalms 37. Psalms 37. Verse 29 through 32. It says, The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The righteous talks of judgment. You know, we just got done talking about judgment and how it's frowned upon on this on the, in the times we live in, and Yahweh says right here that the, the righteous speak of judgment, but the law of his Elohim is in his heart, and none of his steps shall slide. And here we see a direct correlation between righteousness and obedience to Yahweh's law. And as we were talking about in the Bible study today, many times... The idea of law, it's just, they, they have this idea that um, it's a burden. It's a huge burden that we just can't handle. It's this unattainable goal. And that's just, again, that's not true either. 
Now, I have a little chart here. The word in question, I'll, I'll go through this really quickly. This is kind of like an in-summary of the words and definitions and stuff that we describe. Tolerance is, to the world, absolutely essential. No matter what, without it, we are bigoted snobs. Yahweh's definition is tolerating those who have been called by Yahweh, yet fall short and repent. And I have scripture references over there if you guys want to write those down. Acts 10 and Colossians 3, 12 through 13. Love is, by the world's definition, to let people love whom or what they will love. Yahweh's definition is to love Yahweh with all your heart, mind, soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And as we read earlier, to chastise and correct those that are you know, falling short or trailing off the path that Yahweh lays out. And we have Matthew twenty-two thirty-six and 49 and Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. Judgment is, by the world's definition, something that should never be done, period. Under no circumstance. Yahweh's definition is judgment is something that is done in love to correct the wrong and bring one back from sin. And I did want to go over to 1 Corinthians right here because this one, I feel like this is a really important one. There's a lot in this chapter here, especially in this chapter. But um, 1 Corinthians 6, 1 through 4, Dare any of you, having one matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world, and if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that you shall judge angels, how much more things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the assembly. This is an assembly matter. You know, we aren't to go out now. I'm not advocating that we go out and start condemning and judging people out on the streets. That happens too often as well. But this is something that in the body of Messiah, there has to be a standard. There has to be a standard that is kept. And this kind of gives you a quick glimpse into how it's supposed to work. Now, another verse, uh, scripture, is uh, Psalms 96, verse 13. Um, And you can write that one down and look it up yourself. Hate, next word on the list, is something someone feels when they are ignorant bigots, unless it is hate against those trying to live righteous lives, then it's fine. Hate is okay as long as it's directed at people that disagree with you, according to the world. And it's true. I mean, if you look at it, if you've got, I mean, Try to be a conservative, and I'll say religious loosely, a spiritual person on a campus in a college today. As uh, Brother Javon said very accurately, children are pushed into these colleges and they are not ready for what's coming. They simply are not prepared for the bombardment of secular ideas that that the world just hands them on a silver platter and then force feeds them, to be quite honest with you. And if they have any sort of gumption to stand up, they're, they're both chastised, they're either suspended and, you know, and labeled as a hater or, you know, racist or whatever. They can slap on these people. They throw whatever they can at the wall and see what sticks. And that's just, that's just wrong. And Yahweh's definition of hate is a little different. It's to be expected of those who are not called. It's, you know, if they hated you, if they hated me, Yahshua said, if they hated me, how much more will they hate you for my sake? Hate can be justified. Also, hate can be done the right way, as we discovered in um, Proverbs 6. Yahweh hates sin, and that's not a bad thing. Righteousness 
in the world's eyes, is standing in defense of all the above. However, righteousness by Yahweh's standard is living a life according to Yahweh's commands and statutes and loving his word and believing in him. Now, let's switch over to my next page here. Yahweh makes it abundantly clear in his word that he loves a righteous person. Just look at the promise he gave to Abraham. In Genesis 26, verses 4 through 5, it says, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and will give your descendants all these lands. And by your descendants, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And now here's the kicker. Because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Again, direct correlation between righteousness and obedience. And Satan has made progress in leaps and bounds to deceive the world and to hide what we know to be the truth. I mean, go ask Ryan sometime, or Randy, or Debbie, about Jehovah sometime. But maybe don't ask Debbie about that. She's had enough. (laughs) But just go ask them. Things like this, words are so important, and Satan has made tremendous progress in this world. Taking words and their original meanings, and twisting them to suit his own agenda. And just look at the list of words here, tolerance, love, judgment, and hate. They practically mean the opposite of what Scripture tells us now. And that's a sad, sad thing. And that, that, that poses a giant problem for us. It's an uphill battle. So, in closing... There are so many misconceptions out there concerning Yahweh, Yeshua, and even us as believers. Um, Let's not fall into that trap that Satan has laid out for us. Let's strive for the true definition of Scripture and Yahweh's word. May Yahweh bless.